New Orleans has a festival for pretty much anything you can eat or drink. Pawboys, Creole tomatoes, gumbo, seafood, cocktails, barbecue, a squash with dimply green skin called a Merlin. Yet there's one glaring omission, a banana festival. This is inexplicable. Wilmington, Ohio, has a banana split festival. California has at least two banana festivals. The twin cities of Fulton, Kentucky, and South Fulton, Tennessee, jointly host an annual international banana festival, which includes the ceremonial serving of the one-ton banana pudding. Fultonophiles like to claim that 70% of all bananas eaten in the United States once went by rail through Fulton, they had the only ice house en route to Chicago, and that Fulton was once known as the banana capital of the world. New Orleans, remarkably, has let this slide. Yet, by any reasonable measure, New Orleans was truly the nation's banana capital. It was among the closest ports to the plantations of the Caribbean and Central America, and developed a large infrastructure to accommodate the banana. The city had a great many rail cars and Mississippi River barges awaiting the ripening fruit to take it deep into the interior. The writer Lafcadio Hearn called the city the gate of the tropics, which has a nicer ring than banana capital. Still, bananas passed through by the billions. Bananas, which had gained the nation's attention at the 1876 Philadelphia Centennial, became America's fruit in the early 20th century, when it first outsold the more patriotic capital. In 1910 alone, 45 million bunches were offloaded at the port of New Orleans. At the time, the city was home to two of the nation's major banana importers. The Cuyamel Fruit Company and Standard Fruit and Steamship Company, both launched by European immigrants. Both also acquired steamship fleets and cheap land in Central America, where they established their own plantations, rail lines, postal services, and radio stations all for a slender yellow fruit. The Boston-based United Fruit Company, which got its start importing Jamaican bananas, acquired Cuyamel from founder Sam the Banana Man Zemmeray in 1930 for a cool $32 million. Two years later Zemmeray came out of retirement and snapped up United Fruit, cementing New Orleans's central role in the banana trade. For a wonderful chronicling of all this, Sirich Cohen's 2012 book, The Fish That Ate a Whale. At one point, United Fruit controlled a half mile of New Orleans waterfront. Banana tourists, of which I'm sure there are many, right occasionally stopped by the former United Fruit headquarters downtown at 321 St. Charles Avenue to admire its Rococo doors around. It looks like a portal leading into a Spanish mission established for the veneration of tropical fruit, with carved cornucopia spilling out a ripe abundance that sits atop a pediment of voluptuous volutes. Another tour stop is Zimmeray's Uptown Mansion, built in 1907 right on the St. Charles streetcar line, today the home to Tulane's president. United Fruit's dominance in the city perhaps explains why there's no banana festival today. Few would argue that the company was the city's best corporate citizen or that the sea remarked the city's best moment 